Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. We're counting down to England's second Group D match against Denmark, which will be live on TalkSport on Friday morning. You'll hear from England boss Serena Wiegmann, who knows the pressure on her team after the opening performance against Haiti. I've not experienced anything else since I came in two years ago. The expectations have been high all the time and they still are. The players are prepped and ready to go and they know one particular Danish player that they're going to need to keep an eye on. I mean, I think Pernod Harder seems to be the one that everybody will be talking about. He's been one of the best players in the world for a number of years. You'll hear more from England right-back Lucy Bronze. Plus, I sat down with Manchester United's Mayor Letizia, who's just left the Lionesses' camp. She's been giving us the lowdown on who should start up front. Obviously, Rach and Beth as well have had great seasons along with Les, so yeah, I'm glad I'm not Serena. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all glad we're not Serena with uh, that selection headache. We'll also bring you news from the Denmark camp and round up today's action. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Neve Charles and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Thursday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? What did you make of day eight of the tournament? A shock. We're going to get into Nigeria, Australia later on. Uh, Are you getting yourselves primed for England on Friday? Delighted to say, newly signed Charlton Athletics, Kate Longhurst is with me. Congrats on the new club. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. Have you been enjoying the tournament so far? I have. From what I've been able to watch, um, we actually went away on tour in Italy so I couldn't watch many of the games at the beginning of the week um, but I've managed to cram in as many as I can in the last few days That's an alright pre-season tour isn't it? A bit of Italy, lovely I'll find out a little bit more about that uh, later on but we need to focus on England because they held their final training session in Sydney earlier on today ahead of that second Group D match against Denmark We've got live commentary don't forget of that game It's on TalkSport 2 on Friday morning We'll have build-up from 9 Kickoff is at 9.30 UK time Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson your commentary team and Courtney Sweetman Kirk, our England reporter, will be bringing you updates on Talksport. England, of course, looking for an improved performance after a slow start against the debutants Haiti in their opening match. And manager Serena Wiegmann spoke to Courtney after the training session and was quick to defend her post-match comments that the Lionesses struggled and needed to be more ruthless. I'm not sure if I came across really negative. I wasn't that negative. I thought, just thought we had a very hard game, a tough game, and I think our ET was uh, very good. Um, and uh, what we expected, very strongly counterattack. Um, looking back at the game, I think we had lots of things we we, we did well. Um, how we approached the game, how we wanted to play, you could really see that the team has been tried to do that. And um, at some moments in the game we did really well. I think the second half was a little better than the first half. But uh, at the second half we had moments that we really got rhythm and that's what we're looking for. In terms of finding that rhythm, do you think some of it's down to the fact that the tournament's a bit later in the year? So you know, that leading for players is maybe slightly different in the timings? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't say that is a cause. I just think, um, I think every first game in the tournament is hard. Um, and I, I just think that that's 
that Haiti was an opponent that's different. We haven't pl uh, played a team like that before. Um, and that we struggle a little bit with that. And you maybe think on our part as media and also as fans, we maybe get a little bit ahead of ourselves at times. And the expectation now on the team is very high. Well, I've not experienced anything else since I came in two years ago. The expectations have been high, expectations have been high all the time and they still are. So that's no change. And in terms of looking forward now to Denmark, for, for one, it's expected to be a lot of people in the stadium tomorrow. How excited are yourself and, and the players for that? Yeah, I'm very excited. I just uh, went on the pitch and looked around. It's in a very, very impressive stadium. It's, uh, so I'm really looking forward to play here. And I just heard it's a sold out. So uh, it's going to be really full. I hope that it feels again like it's a home game because uh, I think the game against Haiti felt a little bit like a home game too. That There's a lot of people cheering. But the most important thing, there's so many people there and so many people watching. And I hope uh, we can give, uh, together with Denmark, a great game on the pitch that people enjoy watching. And I know you like to focus on the team, what you're doing, what you can implement. But in terms of Denmark, what you know, what are their strengths and, and what, what are you doing to nullify that? Yeah, I think um, they have a very well-organized team. Uh, they have a very clear style of play. And uh, so very compact, a very hard-working team. And when they have the ball, of course, they're trying to counter-attack. Um, but also um, they don't... Uh, share if they don't they're not scared of playing the direct game while they also want to play possession game at moments so yes i think um it's going to be uh, a good game england boss serena Vigman there speaking to our england reporter courtney sweetman kirk who joins us now from sydney how are you doing courtney i'm very well i've just finished watching the australia game so obviously um, a, a bit of a shock and and not what people are expecting but obviously that sort of you know, unbelievable for the World Cup and that's what we like, obviously not for, for the Lionesses. We don't want any upsets on our end, but, you know, to, to see the upsets in the competition, I think that's what the World Cup's about. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? But we need Australia, really, for the tournament's sake to, to stay in the tournament. We're going to be, um, be uh, analysing that game uh, later on in the show, but in terms of what you've been up to today and uh, the Allianz Stadium in Sydney looks pretty impressive. What is it, about 45,000? And I saw that the Lionesses uh, did their walkabout earlier on. How, how are they all feeling ahead of uh, this second match against Denmark? Yeah, first of all, it is very impressive. I sort of had a quick look around the stadium, uh, around the walk through the tunnel, the players will be taken and then got up to our comms position. So, yeah, it's it's wonderful stadium, as you say. You know, 45,500 people in there and a lot of that will be England support. Um, but yeah, I think the players have looked very relaxed, um, very jovial. And obviously we'll we'll hear from Lucy Bronze a bit later on as well, the interview that I did with her. And again, she was in great spirits with you know myself and, and the other media colleagues about. So I'm quite excited um, for tomorrow. I definitely think we'll see a, an improvement on the performance and especially from the training I've seen as well. They're looking a lot sharper. And, you know, it, as I said, uh, with Serena there, I think as, as, as media and, and fans, we get carried away. Um, but you know we've got to remember this is the first game of the tournament in terms of Haiti and I think they'll improve and, and go from strength to strength as we go forward What do you think the biggest lesson Serena will have learnt from the first game in terms of uh, we found it quite hard to break them down and also looked a bit vulnerable on the uh, on the defence so what do you think is the biggest lessons that Serena will have learnt Yeah we did and, and I think especially from full back positions obviously we like to go forward we like to be attacking but that's not you know, always the way in terms of that shape and balance at times. For example, Millie a lot was going out to win the, the first ball, which she sort of did or, or did it on a, a sort of half. And it a lot of times it ricocheted in Haiti's favour. And I think that defensive shape to cover and almost think worst case scenario wasn't there. So I'm hoping the defence is, is worked on that. Um, and in terms of the way they box Kira Walsh out, I think that there needs to be a lot more movement from the midfielders. It was Ella Toon and, and Georgia Stanway in this moment. Whether that's you know the same personnel, I'm not sure. But the movement has got to be better. And I think in the second half going forward, the third man runs were a lot better. Um, but I think in general, maybe it's the fact that England have their cards marked. And I know that's been like that for a while, but even more so in this tournament, I think teams are going to sit in, they're going to make it very difficult. And it's about how England can break that down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll analyse what they need to do against Denmark uh, shortly. But you mentioned there your chat with England right back Lucy Bronze. Uh, let's hear from her, shall we? She started by talking about their new training base in our north of Sydney in Terrigal. 
Something that we've had the past few tournaments that has definitely always been a positive, something that the girls always have fond memories of and it makes you feel a bit more settled. Obviously the Euros was in England last year, but even having the base camp there just gives you that home away from home that you don't always get to feel uh, when you're away for so long and halfway around the world as well. So it's been nice to, to finally get into the, the place where we can call home and get settled. In terms of the review of the game of Haiti, after you actually looked at it, you know, after the emotion of the game, were there actually, you know, more positives than maybe people on the outside rather than you in camp sort of found there was more positives than negatives to take from the game? Yeah, definitely. I think people just looked, you know, on, on a piece of paper and saw Haiti as a, a lower-ranked team and England as the European champions. Um, but I think Haiti showed in that game that they've got something, something to offer in this World Cup. Um, I think they'll give both Denmark and China a really good game as well. Um, potentially, are just as... I guess, equal to getting through to the next round as any other team in this tournament. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got we put in a performance that maybe wasn't our best, but we scored a goal, we kept a clean sheet and we got the three points that is the most necessary thing at this moment in time. We know you guys are really fastidious in terms of your prep and looking at teams, but maybe is it a bit of the unknown as well with Haiti? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a team that not only have we never played against, but not many teams, uh, I guess, in Europe played against uh, you know we watched them we analyzed them we tried to, to to break them down as much as possible but I guess watching it's, it's like being a fan watching uh, something on the tv screen and saying you could have done that a lot better than the person on the screen doing it is a little bit different to actually going on the pitch and, and living it in those moments and in terms of Denmark slightly different more well known in terms of you know players that you probably will have played against quite regularly so what are their threats and, and how are you going to nullify that? I mean, I think Penelope Harder seems to be the one that everybody will be talking about. Um, not only because she arguably is their best player, um, she's been one of the best players in the world for a, a number of years, uh, and a player that obviously English fans will know very well, having played for Chelsea and been successful there. Um, I think she's going to be their biggest threat. I think that'll be what everybody's saying. Um, but again, it's a player that, you know, Millie Bright is uh, another Chelsea player. They could potentially be going head-to-head. -head. I'm sure they've gone many head-to-heads in training before. So that'll be an interesting battle. But I think for us, I think we know we play our game. We up our performances. We're a bit more ruthless in front of the goal. Um, and, you know, we should win the game, get ourselves three points and through to the next round. I think we're very much focused on what we can do as a team. And lastly, the Australia game tonight, obviously in the round of 16, will directly impact you guys. Are you going to watch it together as a team or sort of off doing other stuff, not really focusing on it? I've watched as many games as possible, so I'll be watching it. I think a lot of the girls like watching the games, even if it's in groups that may not necessarily correlate so early on in this competition. Uh, and Australia being the home nation as well, I think it's really nice to, to watch them and see the support that they've got. Um, I know it's not directly your team, but to see women's football grow, um, and to see what it does to a different country uh, like we had last year at the Euros is, is something that I think we all enjoy seeing anyway. Yeah, we certainly do. Lucy Bronze uh, with Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, who's still with us, our England reporter. Um, she speaks really well, Lucy Bronze, doesn't she? And, and I think, you know, she's always very measured as well with the outside noise, if you like, the narrative that goes on outside. And I, I think it's time to park that Haiti conversation now and wait and see what performance we get against Denmark. What are you expecting, Serena Wiegmann, to do, uh, Courtney, is, is she going to stick with what she did in the Euros and stick with the the, the first eleven, or are we going to see some changes? I'm not sure is is the truthful answer to that. Um, it was interesting actually because I sort of had this conversation with Serena earlier on in the tournament, and I was talking about that consistency from the Euros, and she said everyone thinks that this is sort of a managerial method of mine, but it's not. It's just the way the tournament happened at that time. Um, and I felt that was the right thing at the time. That's what she said to me. Um, you know, they, they talked about a few changes today in the press conference. I would personally love to see Lauren James. And that's nothing against Lauren Hemp, by the way, because I actually thought she had not a bad game at all by any stretch. But I think, and it's difficult to assess, isn't it? Because we maybe saw it last year with the Euros with Alessia Russo as an impact player when she come on. And she's looking good, but maybe what we forget is is the work that Ellen White did before that to, you know, her tiring out defences so uh, so Alessia Russo can come on and make that impact. But yeah, I thought Lauren James did really well on that left hand side. Obviously, we know how technically gifted she is, so she can play off the left and the right. She likes to drift in a little bit, 
I'd personally actually like Sierra in the 10, just behind mm. the forwards. I think, you know, centrally she would cause a lot of problems. But I think the thing with Serena Wiegmann is you, you don't really know with her, and, and obviously until the lineup comes out. Yeah, I'd like to see that as well, actually, because I think she'd run them ragged and then Ella Toon could come on and do what Ella Toon did um, at the Euros. Although it's really hard, isn't it? Because the tournament was only um, a year ago, it's really... Di- like, normally you would have two years in between a Euros and a World Cup in order to... And, and there wouldn't be so many close comparisons to the two tournaments. But, you know, it's, it, it's difficult not to see the impact that those players made in a winning tournament and then think that that's automatically going to be a carbon copy for the World Cup when it's actually not because they've all, you know, advanced themselves. Uh, just uh, before we let you go, Courtney, uh, how many fans are milling around at the minute? It's expected to be a, a sellout, as Serena Wiegmann said to you. Um, how packed out is it? Uh, what are the England fans uh, like milling around in Sydney? A lot of England fans about. And actually, I think... You know, Australia, um, Australian fans have also adopted England a little bit as their second team. Obviously, if, if England do meet Australia, there's obviously a question to ask there. But for the moment, I think that the Australian fans are very much enjoying having the Lionesses here in the area. And as I say, as I've been out into central Sydney, into the van zones and even, you know, speaking to, to cab drivers and stuff like that, they know it's going on. They know the Lionesses are here and um, are very much looking forward to seeing them play. So, Tomorrow, as I, as I say, I expect the, the Allianz and Sydney Football Stadium to be packed out with Lionesses fans. And, and as Lucy and Serena said, you know, it almost felt like a home game at times. And I think Jordan said that as well when I interviewed her. So I'm expecting much of the same tomorrow. Brilliant stuff. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow ahead of the game. Courtney, thank you very much. No, thank you. Uh, England reporter uh, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Charlton midfielder Kate Longhurst with you. Coming up, we're going to focus more on England's opponents, Denmark, and also hear what the Republic of Ireland camp are up to after exiting the tournament. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all the remaining England and Republic of Ireland matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Kate Longhurst, former West Ham midfielder, is with me. We've heard from the England camp. Now let's focus on their opponents, Denmark, and what threats they pose. Head coach Lars Sondergaard and former Chelsea star Penilla Harder face the media earlier on to talk about England and Penilla's old teammate Millie Bright. It's a fantastic uh, uh, occasion for us. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to the game. We know it's going to be difficult. England has a very good team, European champions. Uh, we are the underdogs, but still looking forward to it and hope and we hope that uh, we can surprise. I have felt Millie in training. <laughs> she's going 110% into the duels. Um, yeah, she's a great player. Um, obviously, yeah, she's, she's tough. She's, uh, like I said, go 110% into everything she does. Uh, it will be difficult, but uh, I will do everything I can do to also make it difficult for her. I'm sure she will. Uh, The Danish boss also told his players it would be a mortal sin not to relish playing the European champions. And it sounds very much there uh, that uh, Penilla Harder is relishing that for sure. And do you know what I found really weird, actually, in their press conference earlier on, Kate? I'm not sure if you heard it all, but Penilla Harder actually said they hadn't watched the full England game against Haiti. And I was quite surprised at that. Obviously, they were playing, um, so they had their own prep to do ahead of ahead of China. But you know, maybe, do you just do specific analysis on you know your own? You know, each player have their own, or did, um, would you not watch a, a, a full ninety minute match? I mean, it's difficult. I think with tournament football, you have priorities of of what you need to do in terms of recovery, preparing for your own game. Um, but it would be strange to kind of not watch it back, I would think. I'm sure they have access to, to watching the whole game back. And as a player, I'd rather watch the whole game back just to kind of see what patterns of play they do. Um, but they'll they'll pick out the key parts in their analysis that they'll go through as a team. So they'll be aware of their main threats, um, what they tend to do, where their weaknesses are, set pieces, things that you need to look out for. Individual players, and I'm sure a lot of the players have, have played against these players a lot as well. Um, Penilla Harder, I mean, she will have played against a lot of these players in WSL week in, week out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer to watch the whole game, but 
as long as they know the key parts um, where they can kind of target them, then I'm sure they're very prepared for the game. Yeah, Emily Vansgaard um, scored the only uh, goal in the game against China to give them a 1-0 victory. It was in the 89th minute as well. It took them a long time to break the Chinese down. What are we expecting uh, from this Denmark team? What what problems are they going to pose for England? I think they have good forward players. Um, they did look a little bit like they were struggling against China and didn't know whether a goal was going to come. Um, but then they've timed it perfectly because if you're going to score, you want to score at the end of a game. Um, but I think England will be aware of that. They had some good... Um, results before the World Cup started as well so it's really important for them to kind of not be frightened of England I think England are struggling in a way of kind of being that free-flowing England team that we saw in the Euros it hasn't quite happened in the last few months um, in terms of the games that they've played so it'll be very very interesting to see how Denmark approach it uh, whether they sit back and, and wait for opportunities a bit like Haiti did in terms of counter-attacking uh, I think England are a little bit vulnerable with a lack of pace at the back um, with Millie, Blight, uh, Millie Bright and Jess Carter. They're not a, no- a normal centre-back pairing. So it'll be very interesting to see if Harder kind of puts herself more on hard, um, more on Carter's side and can exploit that gap. Um, but the, I, I think they have a lot of threats. It's just whether they can actually exploit England. Yeah, well, Harder started as a nine against China and then moved into the ten role. She said she prefers to, to, to play deeper and be more involved yeah. in the game, but will do whatever that she's uh, she's told to do. I mean, she's clearly going to be one of the main players that England try to nullify. It's going to be a really interesting tactical battle, I feel. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, she's so quick that if she can make runs from deep, it's really hard to track whether Kira Walsh tracks that player, whether the centre-backs can pass her on and take her. Um, she's going to cause threats no matter what. Um, but I think England should have more of the ball. So it's just making sure that they're set behind the ball in terms of if we do lose the ball, have we got the players set there? Um, and, and England will know, Serena's not stupid. She knows exactly how to line up against teams and how to tw- uh, tweak things. So it'll be very interesting, but... Penilla Hard is going to be a threat, and I think if we switch off, that's where we could be in trouble. Yeah, Denmark did play China in Perth, which means that they've had two four-hour flights to contend yeah. with. So even though they've played it down in the press conference about the travelling and said that they were very comfortable and it was all fine, which obviously psychologically they're going to say, it could actually work as an advantage for England, who've been based in Terrigal, have only had to travel an hour down to to Sydney for this match. Yeah, because if you think about a four-hour flight, it's almost taking a big chunk of your day out as well. So whether that's a training day, whether it's a recovery day, um, it's actually taking away a lot of their preparation. And although it's not a long-haul flight, it is still eating into the time of getting to the airport. Once they finish that day, you don't know where the coach is going to. So it could be seven, eight hours out of their day um, that they could have been using in, in other ways. So... Um, I guess we'll only see tomorrow how that pans out. Um, but it's it's not ideal preparation. Take any tiny advantage. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, this uh, is going to be the key battle, I feel, in terms of who goes top of this group. Um, don't forget, got live commentary of England-Denmark on TalkSport 2. It's Friday morning, build up from 9, kick off at 9.30 UK time. Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson, your commentary team. Uh, you'll also hear shortly uh, from Manchester United's Maya Letizia, who I sat down with earlier on today, and she's talking about the forward position positions in particular and what Serena Wiegmann uh, needs to be doing. Uh, right, yesterday saw the Republic of Ireland knocked out of the tournament after a 2-1 defeat to Canada, meaning no matter what their result against Nigeria on Monday, they can't make the knockout stages. Really heartbreaking for the Irish, but encouraging signs, I would say, from them going forward. Really impressive showing for their first outing at a major tournament. Earlier on, Talk Sports Republic of Ireland reporter Shabana Hearn gave us an update on what's next for Vera Powell's side in the coming days. Thank you, Faye. Well, despite having no chance of getting out of the group, Ireland move ahead with a final game against Nigeria in Brisbane on the 31st of July. After the full-time whistle in Perth, the girls went straight to the airport to travel at 1am overnight back to the Gold Coast for recovery. Despite being one of the teams with the most travel during the group stages, their manager, Vida Pau, says that they're a fit team and knew what they were getting into when they qualified for the World Cup. 
I am personally shattered, never mind having played two 90-minute games on the World Cup stage. That aside, with Nigeria ahead and nothing to lose, it will be interesting to see if the approach or game plan is changed as they face Nigeria. All Ireland can do now is play for pride and perhaps win their first World Cup game against the Nigerians. Thank you very much, Shaban. Kate, how impressed were you with the performances from Ireland over the last two games? I mean, look, we are going to go in depth. I know I'm spoilers left, right and centre. You can't do a World Cup on the other side of the world in any kind of chronological order, unfortunately. Um, but Australia were beaten by Nigeria. 3-2 it finished in the end. We'll dissect that uh, in the next section. But um, Ireland will be kicking themselves because that would have given them a real opportunity in the final match. Yeah, I think it's a real opportunity missed, isn't it? And Maybe they were a little bit too cautious in the first game. Uh, for 70 minutes against Australia, I thought they attacked with one or two going forward. And it wasn't until the last 20 minutes where actually they were creating a few chances where maybe from set pieces they could have scored. Um, obviously, we saw Katie McCabe's unbelievable delivery yesterday that, that uh, counted as a goal. But Only scores bangers. She only scores bangers. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have missed out on an opportunity because... The two teams that they faced, defensively, they actually caused them problems and that's without them really fully going for it. Um, and I might be biased in terms of, um, I know Leanne Kiernan, but I think she would have been a perfect fit for Ireland as well, who didn't get selected. But in terms of if you're going to play on the counter-attack and you want to exploit spaces in behind, I think she's the perfect player to do that. And I don't know if they just didn't bring enough quality in terms of going forward with them. Um, but listen, it's it's... Vera knows her squad better than I do and um, you know I, I think they were a little bit unlucky to be honest yesterday I thought especially first half they did really well and then second half they just became undone a little bit Yeah Remy, Remy Allen was on the show yesterday and said this Ireland team shows how far women's football in Ireland has come how important do you think even just their presence in this tournament has been for women's football oh, in I Ireland? Th I think it's absolutely massive um, a core bunch of that team are maybe English born with with Irish parents or grandparents or American born and I think now for Irish girls coming through they can see their country on a world stage and that's something for them to aim for um, a lot of more Irish players are coming over to the WSL whether the Irish leagues will get better because of more participation um, but what a fantastic job they've done you know they've represented themselves so well um, they've done everyone proud and you know, they, they haven't been outfought, they haven't been outbattled and they have played some good football. I've been really impressed with the football uh, that they've played and I think people maybe wrote them off a little bit in terms of thinking that's all they had was working hard and, and being a unit together. But actually I was quite impressed with some of the players individually but also some of the football they played as a team. Uh, it was really impressive and I really hope that young players now in Ireland can actually see them as, OK, this is something that we can achieve and they don't want just one experience of World Cups. They want to keep building on that. They have got a lot of young players in that squad um, and a lot of players that didn't make the squad, young players that can can hopefully be the future of Irish football. Yeah, and qualification for major tournaments is is key going forward with the uh, the Euros in Switzerland next on, on the agenda. Um, we'll be building up, of course, to Republic of Ireland's final group game against Nigeria uh, next week. That's on Monday and, of course, they're going to want to end their campaign on a high. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. Faker Others and Kate Longhurst with you coming up. We'll round up all the action from day eight of the tournament, including uh, USA against the Netherlands and that shock Australia result. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Don't forget TalkSport have live commentary of all England and Republic of Ireland's remaining games across the network. Thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Kate Longhurst is with me as well. Let's round up day eight because a huge shock in Group B after the Republic of Ireland were heartbreakingly knocked out of the tournament yesterday. The other match saw co-hosts Australia take on Nigeria. A win for the Aussies would have made sure that they qualified for the last 16 and having secured a point in their first game against Canada, Nigeria came into this knowing that they could take a huge step towards the knockout stages with victory too. And I tell you what, the Nigerians are no slouches. It finished Australia 2, Nigeria 3. Here's how it went. Australia opening the scoring in the 49th minute with a goal from Emily Van Egmond and the host probably should have been a few goals ahead. It was such a thrilling game from start to finish, but Nigeria somehow managed to find an equaliser with the last kick of the first half from Uchenna Kanu. Uh, it was then the Nigerians who took the lead in the 65th minute. Uh, Osinachi Ahala fa- finding the back of the net. Uh, picked up a really nasty injury as she did that, though. And then star player Asisa Oshuala had only just made her way onto the pitch before making it three for Nigeria, capitalising on a defence mistake from Australia. Late drama though, Alana Kennedy managed to pull one back for Australia in extra time but ultimately it wasn't enough in the end and the co-hosts have lost their second match in their home tournament. Let's get some reaction from the Australia manager Tony Gustafsson. I think there's part of this performance that I think is very good. I'm very disappointed with the result. but we know football is one or lost inside of 18. A couple of mistakes cost us. We had enough opportunity to even score more, but we scored two goals. Uh, what I did say to the group now is uh, when it's uh, as tough as it is right now, that's when the true character comes out of a team. And you can see in the last 10 minutes as well, the never say die attitude. It, took, it didn't take us all the way to, to 3-3, but it did take us very, very close. And, the other thing is also the, the fans and the stands, the, the way they carried out in the last 15 or the whole game actually was also amazing. And even to, to show the support and belief in this team even after the game, even though it was a disappointing result, it's amazing to see that support. That was uh, the Australia boss, Tony Gustafsson, there. He was also asked about uh, the fact they were without some of their star forwards in terms of Sam Kerr, as we know. Uh, was she, We knew she was going to be out for this game. Mary Fowler uh, as well. But he said that they still you know, cause the Nigerians a lot of trouble. And the focus is always going to be on Australia because they are the co-hosts. But what an outstanding result from Nigeria. They held Canada in their opening game and now they've beaten Australia and they've put themselves in a really good position to qualify out of the group. Yeah, it wasn't one I saw coming. I thought first half, I thought Australia started really well, especially first 15 minutes. Um, some of the way they were creating overloads and getting in 3v2 areas. Um, but then they just sort of lacked a little, I don't know, a few ideas going forward. And maybe that is where Sam Kerr is normally the one to kind of stretch the play, um, pull their defence about. And there wasn't really anyone doing that. And and when their their tens were running wide, Emily Van Egmond, um, Caitlin Ford, whenever they were getting wide, there wasn't really any players in the box. So I thought they lacked ideas going forward. Um, but Nigeria played a perfect game plan. I think first half, they sort of sat back, watched them see how they how they were playing um, and then second half they just went for it and all of a sudden Australia didn't know how to cope and with Oshwala on the bench 
what a perfect time to bring her on because as soon as she came on, she was causing fear in that back line. Alana Kennedy didn't know how to deal with her um, and ultimately she scored the winning goal. Yep, she did and it was massive, wasn't it? Because they're in the box seat, Nigeria, you, you would say now, and it, it makes their final game against... Republic of Ireland huge in terms of who's going to finish first and second in this group because Australia Canada that's a that could potentially be a straight shootout for who goes through yeah it'd be really interesting and that's what you want on the last day of course you want Ireland to still be involved in it um, but there are three teams that could finish top of the group um, so it'll be very interesting to see I think the way Nigeria played if they play like that against Ireland I think they have a very good chance of getting the three points um, and with Canada and Australia I think a lot of it does determine whether Sam Kerr's fit enough to play I'm sure they'll be doing absolutely everything to get her on the pitch because she just gives them something different Um but, yeah, I, I want Australia to get through because I think it's great for the host nation to be, or co-host nation, should say, uh, to be in that just to keep the fans on board and, and keep the excitement going of the tournament. Um, but it will be very interesting last day. Although if they do go out, then there's a load of Aussie fans that might turn into England fans, <laughs> potentially. But let's see how the Denmark game goes, first of all, because I'm getting way ahead of myself because England haven't qualified themselves uh, for the last 16 yet. But it just shows how open this tournament is so far. Only Group C, you know, is kind of tapping easy at the moment because Group E has been absolutely fascinating. It was the match we'd all been waiting for in a repeat of the 2019 World Cup final that saw defending champions USA take on the Netherlands. Talk Sports Georgie Heath watched this one. Final whistle has blown and it's finished one all, so it's a point apiece in this Group E clash between the finalist and the winners of the last World Cup. Well, it was a game of two halves, really. The Netherlands, they struck early. They went ahead with that Jill Roard goal at 17 minutes, but Lindsay Horan's equaliser, the header in the second half, put them equal. The USA, they thought they had another. They had their chances, but it was one all in the end. So the points are split. It's one point each between the USA and the Netherlands. The USA defending champions and Netherlands runners-up from 2019. And that is the end of the game today from this Group E match. And tune in again for more World Cup action. Kate, this match predicted to be the most exciting fixture of all the group stages, and it really did, didn't disappoint, did it? I really enjoyed it. It was so end-to-end. -end. I thought USA started really well really strong Sophia Smith was getting a lot of joy down the left hand side um, with Spitzer at, at right centre back I thought she was kind of getting drawn out and looks quite vulnerable there but once um, Netherlands scored I actually thought they took control of the first half and then second half again it was USA dominating they had a lot of chances I think they'll be the more gutted team to not come away with three points there um, but there were some fiery encounters as well, which I really enjoyed, especially between Haran and, um, who was it, Van der Donk. I mean, there were just so many, so many little scraps. And, and that's what you want to see. You want to see people competing at the highest level um, and their teammates off the pitch as well. So it was nice to see them kind of hug it out at the end. But it was great for the viewers. It's been a really physical tournament so far, I've, I've felt, which just shows how far the women's game has, has gone going forward. Um, an encouraging result though for many teams in the tournament. We did kind of question uh, the fact that this USA team still had experience in it but 14 debutants, World Cup debutants, um, if, if you like um, and maybe they're not quite as dominant as we thought they were going to be and show some vulnerabilities. No, I think they're struggling in the midfield areas if I'm honest. Um, I don't think they're as strong as they used to be uh, and that's maybe where there's a transitional period for them with a lot of experienced players going out. Um, I know Ertz is having to play centre-back as well because of the injuries they have. Um, so I think that's a key area where they're kind of getting a little bit exploited at the moment. Um, but in terms of a, a front three, I think they've got one of the most exciting front threes in the whole of the World Cup, especially Sophia Smith, who I've already mentioned, uh, Trinity Rodman. I, d I think she had quite a quiet game today. Um, and then you've always got Morgan as well. So I think in terms of the front three, they're going to cause anyone problems. Yeah, Alex Morgan had a goal ruled out for offside, didn't she as well? Let's hear um, some reaction from the USA manager, Vlatko Andonovsky. It was a difficult match, uh, as you said. Uh, and uh, even though he didn't go, the, he didn't finish the way we wanted to finish. Uh, I thought it was a very good match for uh, 
for for our team, especially for a group of young players. Uh, they uh, they grew throughout the throughout the game uh, individually, but also as a team, uh, we grew uh, throughout the game as well. I. I've said this before. You know, this, this this team is not just young. This team is also a fresh team, team that hasn't spent a lot of minutes together. And uh, what, what you saw in the second half is uh, what, what you're going to see go, going forward as a best baseline. I think that uh, we're just going to get better from game to game, and uh, we're going to be a lot more efficient as well. Just a quick one um, on the rest of this match. Who else impressed you in particular for the Netherlands today? Um. I mean, Van der Donk was probably the standout player for them. Um, I thought Jill Rudd took her, her shot well, um, but I thought it was poor defending from USA that no one really got close, even though they had a lot of bodies in the box. Um, but with, with Netherlands, I don't know, there's not really any standout players like they had in the Euros when they won it and when they got to the World Cup final last time. Um, I'm I'm still kind of waiting for them to hit their highest peak and I don't think they have yet um, and whether they will I'm I'm not sure um, but I quite like the way they try and build out from the back with three um, but I do think it's leaving them vulnerable defensively so I don't think anyone has been such a standout at the moment but maybe Van der Donk has, was, was probably their standout player today mm, Feels like this match uh, th- this group is going to go down to goal difference because um, the other group match in uh, Group E saw World Cup debutants uh, teams Portugal and Vietnam go head to head both teams losing their first group games and we're hoping to make the most of this match to pick up some much needed points Talk Sports Ollie Klink watch this one it's finished here. Portugal 2, Vietnam 0. Two first-half goals wrapped up an easy win for the Portuguese in the end. Telma and Karna Chow gave them the lead early on before Kika Nazare got the second just after the 20-minute mark. It knocks Vietnam out of the tournament but leaves Portugal just a point behind the Netherlands and the USA at the top of Group E with one game left to go. Full-time in Hamilton, it's finished. Portugal 2, Vietnam 0. I mean, if Portugal could beat the USA, they can go through to the last 16, which would be quite incredible. Yeah, that would be a huge result. But when Portugal have played the bigger teams, they don't seem to attack in numbers. And I think that's what they did really well against Vietnam today. They were really exploiting them, especially down um, Vietnam's left-hand side. They were getting in a lot of really good areas, especially Jessica Silva. Um, and it's, it's just... I don't know. When it comes to the bigger teams, they don't seem to go for it. But I think now that they know that if they win, they're through, maybe they will commit a few more bodies forward, cause USA some problems and, you know, who knows what happened. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Don't forget the final round of matches in Group E takes place on Tuesday. Kickoff from 8am UK time. We'll bring you all the updates live on Talk Sport. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Kate Longhurst of Charlton Athletic is with me. Coming up, we'll hear exclusively from England and Manchester United defender Maya Letizia. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women. Dream bigger. If you missed this episode live or duck in halfway through, don't forget, we're also available on podcasts. There are plenty of places you can download us. First, head to the TalkSport app to find us. Uh, Faker Others and Charlton's Kate Longhurst with you and uh, England you'll know, have been in full preparation mode ahead of their Group D match against Denmark on Friday. And earlier on today, I sat down with England defender Maya Letizia. You'll remember she flew out to Australia with Lucy Staniforth to be the Lionesses standby players. They left the camp at the beginning of the week, went to have a little bit of a holiday themselves. Uh, she told me how much she enjoyed the prep camp at the Sunshine Coast. But then I asked her how her teammates were going to get on against Denmark. I think just to play with a bit of freedom and just to enjoy it, I think, obviously, Obviously, being Euro champions, like there's going to be pressure on on the team to do well, and I think that's just how it is. But um, I think, as there's a famous saying, pressure is a privilege, and I think that we get reminded reminded that a lot. So um, yeah, we just need to enjoy ourselves and and to and to try and build their relationships on the pitch as well. Um, I think there's a there's a couple of changes, obviously, from what the Euro squad was. Um, but yeah, we have such a good team, and the players, the girls, and the staff behind behind the team as well. I'm sure that the game plan will be ready and, and they'll go and smash it like they always do. That, that, that's always the, the difficulty, isn't it? It's the relationships on the pitch, which is why these kind of prep camps and everything else was was so important going forward. Do you think as the as the team build into the 
tournament, we'll start to see those connections clicking. And, and what do you think the key connections on the pitch are? Yeah, definitely. I think we saw that in the Euros too. Um, and like any other game in the World Cup, like the games are always tight. Um, world-class opposition all the time. So I just think, you know, that relationships on the pitch, they build as you play with each other. And I think, as you see, like as Serena kind of has a game plan and stuff that the team state that the team does stay quite similar. And I think that's a kind of key part to the success. And you have the players that are on the bench and in the stands that are doing the best job they can. And I think that comes from Serena's management, knowing that everyone's um knows their roles and, and can perform can perform them to the best of their ability. So yeah, I think just kind of that being being able to like do your role and um to kind of express yourself with that and just yeah, play with a bit of freedom. Yeah, the the freedom element I think is going to be exciting going forward. Obviously, your teammate Alessia Russo got the nod uh, to start up front. We'd, we'd seen her coming on as as the kind of super sub in, in in the Euros. As her teammate, where do you think she sits best? What's her, what's her best role? I think for Les, you know, she's she's such a good striker and she's been a big part of obviously playing with United with me and, and the team and our success this season. And I think even when she came in the games in the Euro, she made such a difference and scored some important goals. So I think now she's kind of got a reward and, and starting in the World Cup. And I think, of course, we've got some great number nines. We've got Beth, Rach, Aless, like all three of them can can score goals. And I think especially for Les, like even as a as a defender and playing with her, like the way that she presses um out of possession and the way that she's kind of in possession and fighting for every ball and trying to get on the trying to get on the end of every cross. I think that's credit to her, the way that she plays and she never gives up. And I think with the with the World Cup it's gonna be kind of a mix um of them three hopefully tipping over the goals as as our three number nines. We have a bit of a phrase on our Talk Sport 2 show, in Serena, we trust. So we, 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 don't, we don't question her, um, her her selection too often. But there have been yeah. some calls for Rachel Daly and Alessia Russo to start up top together, which obviously means a bit of a change in, in, in formation. But, I mean, that would be a formidable partnership, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, obviously, they complement each other quite well with their, with their different types of movement. But... Um, yeah, I think we can we can let Serena kind of sort them decisions out, and it's not a decision that I'd want to be making, and I don't think anyone else would want to either, because obviously Rach and Beth as well have had great seasons along with Les. So um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not Serena. No, me me neither, <laughs> um, and especially when you've got the attacking prowess of Lauren James as well, who's obviously breaking into the team. We've seen the amazing stuff that she has done for Chelsea th- this season. What does she bring to this England side? Yeah, I think LJ is a fantastic player and, you know, when when she's on your team in small-sided games and training, you know that you're quite likely to win. Um, but, of course, she's a she's a great player but needs players around her as well to kind of help her out and put her in the best position she can to kind of let her free and let her do her thing. But, yeah, she's a fantastic player and I think she just brings um, more directness um, to her play with her dribbling and, and her shooting both feet. So, yeah, she's a fantastic player and um I think it's quite a tough a tough set of kind of forwards and strikers and to to get yourself into and I think everyone's really strong there and, and are fighting for each other's positions. So um I think that's only only positive and it's nice to have competition. That was Maya Letitia, uh, one of England's standby players who's left uh, the Lionesses camp, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, to, to Kate. Um, left at the beginning of the week and enjoyed her time with them. But interesting what she says about the forwards, because I think this is this is what we need to focus on in terms of the Denmark game on, on Friday, Kate. For you, you mentioned earlier on Lauren James potentially starting. We heard from Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. She thought that that would be a good idea. But what does Serena Wiegmann do? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think she will start with Lauren James. I thought she gave something different when she came on. And when we're lacking a character like Frank Kirby as well, someone that can unlock defences and do something a little bit different, I think Lauren James is the next best thing, even though she's a different type of player. She's so hard to get the ball off of. She's so creative. She can draw players in. She can play those passes. Um, and then the forwards, it, I mean, it's a good a good decision to have in terms of you've got Beth England, who I can't see her 
her starting. Um, but with Rach Daly and, and Alessia Russo, it's a very good headache to have. I think at the moment she clearly favours Russo. Um, but for me, I, I think Rach Daly's the one on form and the one that's looking the most threatening at the moment and, and can maybe give something a little bit different in terms of what Russo can do. And it, it can kind of take the pressure off both of them as well, knowing that maybe one can start, one can come on, so they know they're going to get opportunities. Um, but it, it'll be very interesting. But I'd quite like to see Lauren James in the 10 and, and Daly in the 9. I just think why not befuddle the I mean this is probably why I'm not a head coach <laughs> or a manager but why not befuddle the opposition by flip-flopping depending on who you're going to play and for me I think you know Rachel Daly in that in that nine role although she struggled to break down Portugal if you remember in in the warm-up game uh, before they flew out to Australia and maybe that was what was playing on Serena Wiegmann's mind but I just feel as if the experience of, of Rachel Daly, not that I'm saying Alessia Russo isn't experienced, I just love Alessia Russo coming on with like a point to prove and, you know, uh, being that impact sub that maybe this time we try Rachel Daly up front first of all. But I still find it bizarre that we're not talking about Bethany England play, playing at all pretty much. Yeah, she was incredible for Tottenham that second half of the season. Um, but at the moment, Serena's not really favouring her. I'm glad that she took her to the World Cup though because I do think she is a goal scorer. She's someone that's hungry to make chances for herself. Um, all three players are good in the air. All three players are good at finishing. So it does give us a good option in terms of going forward. But I th also think the onus is on the players trying to create those um, chances for for the forward players. And at the moment, it's just not quite clicking in the last few games as it was in the Euros. Um, so I, I think it's it's almost like every player has to take responsibility of how we attack, but also the teams we're playing against are being a little bit more clever in terms of sitting back, not allowing them to break them down, not leaving any gaps for them to expose. And and that's the, the kind of difficulty that we're having at the moment. But we have players with really good movement in the box and I'm sure that she'll make the right decision. Yeah, well, as Leanne Sanderson always says, in Serena we trust. Let's <laughs> let's see how that goes uh, tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to, to the game. Remember Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson bringing you live commentary of England-Denmark. Uh, it's Friday, Talk Sport 2. Build-up starts from 9. Kick-off is at 9.30 UK time. Kate, it's been great having you back in the studio. Thanks so much for having me. See you again soon, no doubt. For more shocks in the Women's World Cup, it's been wonderful today uh, to see that let's see what happens in the rest of the tournament uh, thank you to Kate Longhurst Serena Wiegmann Lucy Bronze Maya Letizia Courtney Sweetman-Kirk Shabana Hearn Georgie Heath and Ollie Klink producers Maya Anduma and of course all of you as ever for listening uh, don't forget if you do miss any of the shows live you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app and next show is on Friday at 6pm when we're going to be reflecting on England's performance against Denmark and then rounding up all the action from day nine of the tournament you can also download all our shows as a podcast next here on talk sport 2 we'll bring you live coverage from the 3m open in the pga tour